guys. I'd like to welcome our second regular guest to the Not So Fair But Lovely podcast. Today in the studio, we have the beautiful Arti, who is going to go a little bit woo-woo with us. And we're going to talk about how to bring certain self-care practices into our daily lives and look at how they can have context in the world we're living in today. So welcome, Arti. Hey, Ramona. What a pleasure and honor to be with you here today. Never would have guessed that we would have ended up in the studio together. Well, absolutely. We go back a fair bit. I think we met about uh, 10 years ago in a very different space in the fashion industry. We both had sort of started our sustainable brands. And as one does supporting other small businesses, I remember picking up a few beautiful dresses from you that I still treasure. So it's been a journey and um, it's amazing to have you be part of this podcast and to be able to, I guess, bring all the knowledge that you've gained over the years. So just give us a little background, like, you know, where you started and where you find yourself today. So as you shared, uh, I was uh, in the business of fashion, working with a very different kind of crystal. Mm -hmm. I always find that fascinating that uh, I learned all the names of crystals while I was in fashion all those years back. So when I started actually working with real crystals, Mm -hmm. it was uh, not totally unknown to me. Sure. But uh, yeah, I started in fashion. I've always been creative. And somewhere down the line, I felt dissatisfied with the industry. I wasn't feeling personally that I was contributing Mm. in the way that I wanted to contribute. And then certain life events uh, just kind of, you know, pushed me into this space of Mm. woo-woo and metaphysical I mean, I call it woo-woo. Let's not uh, <laughs> take anything away from it. I mean, of course obviously, not. when I'm referring it to that, it's uh, there's a lot more to it than that, a lot yes. more elements. And um, I guess you can share with us a lot more about the practices that you have gone into and um, obviously had a lot of experience in. And we've also had many interactions regarding crystals and a whole range of things. I think I've come to you over the years as a friend, but also in the context of healing And I think definitely the last few years for everybody has taught us a lot about, I guess, what is and what is not within our control or what we think is rather. And for me in particular, like many people, the pandemic turned my life upside down and has pushed me into a very different direction. And I found myself reaching for or looking for rather things that would give me some level of grounding. Maybe I was looking for answers. Maybe I was looking for some validation. But tell me, like, what are the areas that you have kind of really enjoyed exploring in this journey for you? So my own journey started actually when I was really young. So I was always into self-help and a lot of reading, a lot of books. Mm -hmm. But in around, I think, 2007, I was introduced to crystals by my sister, cousin, sister and her family. Mm -hmm. And I was really drawn to their beauty and uh, more so than their healing component, to be honest. So I started to go deeper into working with them. It took me some time to actually start feeling their energies Mm. and feeling their effects on me. Mm -hmm. So once that happened, then it was actually quite magical. Wow. And I have had like what I would call magical and spiritual experiences in my Mm -hmm. younger years. But these uh, started to occur on a deeper and larger scale. So exploring this field of crystals was... Mm. uh, Really fascinating for me and uh, being somebody who loves nature and things of the earth. I really love that. 
then I also, as a child, was very much into journaling. Okay. I was a super quiet, shy kid. Wow. And I had so much emotion inside me. Mm. Talking about it now, I remember that uh, my first journal was given to me by my aunt and it had this little lock. So for a kid, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you love that. Cool. So I love journaling. Journaling was a practice that uh, I started young, but then lost along the way. But that's interesting because I think like I'm looking at sort of, you know, I guess my children and my younger one is a very visual person. She was the kind of kid that I could never read a book to. She'd be like, no, no, I'll read to you. And very into role play and she's very, very visual. So like now, you know, trying to understand how she is as a learner, even in the the context of school, you know, we've done a lot of work to understand that she likes to write things and, you know, do it on the board or do it in a book. And I think obviously things like journaling, I mean, you know, we talk about keeping a gratitude journal or whatever it may be, it has a real place. And like you said, um, I think it'd be lovely to understand from your perspective at whatever age it may be, uh, how we can incorporate this sort of practice of daily journaling into our lives. I think that's something that obviously once we get into the series, I'd love to dive into that more in detail with you. And I also know that you're an artist. I mean, we all are on different levels. (laughs) Um, But I know in the conversations we've had in the past, we've talked about artist meditation for you. And I think I want to just chat about that a little bit because I feel that in this kind of world we live in now where we're bombarded by information and it's sometimes very hard to go inward and to have some sort of um, disconnect almost to be able to sort of hear our own thoughts. So tell me, how does art play that role in your life? So art, like everything else, uh, you know, I think that's something cool I find about my life was Mm. uh, picked up in my childhood. Yeah. Again, like it was an escape for me at that time. Mm -hmm. But at that time, it turned into more like, can you do my project? Can you draw my thing? And it took me a really long time. Like, I think it was a little after the pandemic because Mm -hmm. in the pandemic, I was actually very busy doing meditations Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, healing for people. So after that, when everybody else had kind of moved on, I found myself in a space where I needed a lot of self-care. So drawing came back to me at that point Mm -hmm. in my life and it provided a sense of calm. It helped me expend all the energy Mm. that I had, all my stuff which needed healing. Sure. It needed to come out. And my first series actually was like about women. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, I feel, was like about me and all the different sides of me wow, and the different sides of the feminine of women you know Mm -hmm. uh, how these energies are inside us yeah so I feel when I'm doing art all my energy whatever Mm -hmm. energy is in there whether it's like good or bad like wanted or unwanted it comes out yeah Yeah. but I really appreciate and I'm really thank God for the gift that it turns into something beautiful I mean see for me it would look like finger painting. <laughs> Although I did do art at school, but I never took it further than that. But I think as adults, we lose that sometimes, like that ability to do things that are more tactile. And we were talking before about how you said it's a place where you can get out all your feelings and emotions. And for me, we were speaking earlier how 
swimming is a form of meditation. So I think, you know, exploring how that looks in the modern world we live in, because obviously not all of us have the ability to sit and to meditate, you know, for hours on end. And uh, for someone like myself, who's got so much restless energy, that would be like torture. I would much rather, like you said, be in the pool where I go into my own headspace and get such clarity from that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, it's about religion and the, and the context that plays. And I think, you know, I grew up in Australia and uh, religion, we kind of were exposed to a bit of everything. You know, I went to a Christian school, but then we did Havens, we did part. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life. And I often question, what am I going to pass on to my children who have grown up in India, but now live in Australia? And religion, obviously in India, plays a massive role. And, you know, there's celebrations nearly every day. Whereas when you live abroad, apart from Christmas and Easter, you don't have that same context. And I think what I would like to bring uh, to people is what is relevant to us and understanding more about having some sort of place in your life. I think that is meaningful. I think that, um, I mean, what are your thoughts so on that? So I actually, I mean, we were talking, right, but I did mention that both my parents came from very different backgrounds. Mm. My dad's family was very into education, very mm-hmm. British and English. Okay. And my mom's family was very into the rituals and, mm. you know, uh, the pundits and celebrating yeah. all of that. So I've grown up with both. And of course, you know, I spent more time with my dad because my mom passed. I actually grew up with that freedom to question mm-hmm. a lot of uh you know, like to be free, to choose what I want. Sure. There was nothing that was ever imposed on me. Mm-hmm. He did his like puja every day after his, you know, yeah. bath and all. Yeah. Uh, but all the religious stuff was in my mom's side of the family. And I actually remember like thinking, why do I have to go for this? Mm. <laughs> but uh, today, you know, when I look back, I am actually coming back to my roots. I've mm. worked so much with the crystals and a lot of Western philosophy, doing Akashic readings, mm. etc., which are all so different from our yeah. uh, rituals, that I'm finding peace and value in our traditions. So I'm, awesome. yeah. I'm coming to that point where I've absolutely realized, which is always my mindset, that mm. there is no right or wrong way. Mm, there are just sure. different paths to the same destination. And I think when you have that understanding, then you can pick and choose what works in the context of your absolutely. life. But I think that is something that, you know, I married into um sort of family where often I do things and when I ask, I've just been told this is, you know, hamara mein aise hota hai. This is kind of what we do. And I think given my upbringing in Australia, I'm always one to question, but how, but why, what is the context, what does this mean? You know, now with children who are growing up in Australia, I want to be able to give them a pass on, I guess, certain traditions that are meaningful. Um, And even if that means creating new traditions for my family and how that looks, Um, Because I think, you know, when you live abroad, there's a disconnect that happens. Um, And, you know, obviously I came back to India and spent 15 years living here, which was never something I thought I would do. And I'm so grateful for that because it's given me language and so many other things that I didn't have growing up in Australia. But I think it would be lovely to understand in a different context how those traditions can be sort of incorporated in a much more, I guess, accessible manner and something that is enjoyable, sustainable, meaningful. So, I mean, we could keep chatting all day, um, but this is, this is you know, absolutely um, a space that I'm really looking forward to diving into a lot more with you as we go down the track. And obviously, you know, we love people to also 
you know, tell us things they want to talk about, you know, in in this space, and we'd be happy to explore them. So thank you so much for being here today and for being part of the initial episodes and look forward to chatting more down the line. Likewise, Ramona, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I've We've really not even like touched the surface. I know. I'm holding I'm, I'm holding back <laughs> because I know that you and I can go down rabbit holes and uh, we have to keep it short and we'll definitely be back very soon with a lot more. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you.